Dear friends in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Those of you who were here last week know that we started this lesson. This today is part two, or like they show on TV shows, to be continued. And when they show the second episode, for those that missed the first, they give a little bit, you know, real short synopsis of the first part. Jesus had gone home. Jesus had gone back to Nazareth. He had been traveling around from town to town all over the country. He had been sharing the good news about God and what God was going to do through him. He healed some sick people. We don't know how many. Probably a lot. He cast out demons. He even raised some people from the dead. He did a lot of miracles, but that wasn't what he wanted to do. What he really wanted to do was to touch people's hearts and their minds and let them know that they were in a relationship with a loving, redeeming God. With this message that was most of the time received pretty well, and we hear about huge crowds that came to hear him, finally he got back to Nazareth. And that's where we pick it up. We picked it up last week, and, and he read the lesson from the Bible, and he handed that lesson back. Hand, handed the scroll back to the scroll keeper and the people as we heard today the beginning he said today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing and it starts off and says all spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth in other words they thought wow this guy's really got it together he's come a long way and if he just sat down then, I suppose that the story would have ended a lot differently. But it goes on, and this is where we hear it today. He said something about people would say, physician or doctor, cure yourself. And do things in your hometown that you've done everywhere else. In other words, we want to see all these neat things that we've heard that you were doing elsewhere. Do them here. This is your home. This is where you should, should produce the best of it. But then he said this. He said, The truth is there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah when the heaven was shut up for three years and six months and there was a severe famine over all the land, yet Elijah was sent to nobody or none except that widow at Zarephath. In other words, she was a widow, which oftentimes in that society meant she was at the bottom of the, the scale of society. Her husband, the wage earner, was dead. So suddenly she was on the dole. She was at the mercy of the public resources. She was getting food stamps and, and assistance to pay her rent. That kind of thing. The ones that saw those widows often said, they're a drain on our society. But what made it worse was that she was she was from the other side of the, the line. I used to have that in my first parish. They called it the line, which was the railroad tracks, the other side of the tracks. She was, 
She was one of those that was not from Judah or Judea. She was one of those funny Jews that believed in weird things from the northern kingdom of Israel. She was one of those outsiders. And yet, that was the one that Elijah went to. In other words, he's saying that, no, you people that think you're so high and mighty just because you're Judeans, you're the cream of the crop, you're the good kind of Jews, God was more interested in helping that woman, that woman who was poor, who was not one of you. He liked the other one better than you. And they didn't like that. They didn't like to hear that God might be favoring the the ones that they didn't like. And then he talked about Elisha. And he said there were many lepers in Israel at the time of Elisha, but none of them were cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. Now that wasn't even another Jew. That was a person who was a pagan. He was from Syria. He was not even a Jew. And he had that nasty disease of leprosy. And you have to remember in those days they didn't have a cure for leprosy although sometimes people somehow spontaneously got cured. It was not the norm. They were the ones that got kicked out of their community, separated, so they wouldn't infect other people. So here was a person who was a pagan and by virtue of his illness, an outcast. And yet he was the one that was blessed and cleansed, not the good Jews, Certainly nobody from Nazareth. So Jesus, the hometown boy, was saying, Hey, you're not the favorites. You're not the best. You're not the cream of the crop that you think you are. And that's when they stopped saying, Boy, he is really a cool preacher. And yes, he is so intelligent and wise. That's when they got really ticked off. And they started saying nasty things about him. They didn't say he's one of us. They said, how dare he? And then we heard finally that they got up. They couldn't take it anymore. They decided they weren't going to listen anymore. And they got up and they drove him out of town, which didn't mean they put him in a minivan and drove him. They, they pushed him and chased him until they brought him right up to a cliff. Wow. What a homecoming for Jesus. And they were getting ready to just throw him off the cliff because they thought that he was a blasphemer. They didn't like him anymore. They weren't proud of him anymore. And they were going to do away with him. And I don't know how it happened. Maybe it was the charisma that he had or maybe it was the strength in his his physique. We don't know. But it says that he just finally passed right through the midst of them and walked away. And so far as we know, he never went home again. What a sad thing. A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown among his own people. No truer words were ever spoken. Well, you know the rest of the story. Jesus continued his ministry, his healing, 
his enlightening people's minds with the truth of the gospel, a gospel that was being written right then and there in their midst, the good news of God's grace. He continued to do that until there were others that decided they didn't like what he had to say either, and he ended up being nailed to a cross. But even that wasn't the end of the story, was it? You see, God's love and God's power and God's intention was much stronger than anything anyone else could do. And that's why we worship on a Sunday morning because it was on a Sunday morning that Jesus rose from the grave. The stamp of, of absolute victory. Well, it's been 2,000 years since that time. And in those 2,000 years, we've come a long way. But in those 2,000 years, we haven't come very far at all. You see, there's still wars. People continue to be in conflict with each other. People still continue to look down their noses at other people. Sometimes they don't like the idea that the change is coming about. And that was what Jesus was saying too. The world is changing. God's not twiddling his thumbs. God is on the move. The world is going to change right in your lifetime. Maybe he didn't quite get that right. Maybe he was really meaning that the potential for change is right here and now because God is opening up the gates. You can go in or you can choose to do something else. But you see, the world is moving fast. Changes are taking place and it's not always easy for us. It's not always easy to accept change. I'm having difficulty keeping up with technology. Is there, just out of curiosity, because I do feel kind of, you know, showing my age by saying that it's hard to keep up with technology. How many of you really feel that you're behind the times on keeping up with all of the electronics and everything? Oh, they're <laughs> you're pointing at your old brother, huh, Autumn? And then how many of you are right at the cutting edge? One. Thank you, Autumn. Theology is that way too. There are people who say the Bible, take it literally, write exactly the way God meant to write it. Well, I say the Bible is absolute truth and it's God's word to us. But it's a word that touches different people in positive ways. If any of you have been to the doctor, you know the doctor has a prescription pad. And he can see ten people in a row, and each one gets a different prescription. Some probably don't even get any prescription at all. They did just fine, thank you very much. They're healthy as an ox, and they don't need any medicine. But the others do, and what one person takes, another person doesn't take, because they have other needs. They need to receive something that's going to make their life better. Whether it's pain for arthritic joints, or to get over the flu better, or... You know what I mean. I think the Bible touches us that way too. It's God's medicine for us. It speaks to different people differently according to the needs they have. Sometimes people need to hear a word of consolation when they're grieving. 
Sometimes people need to hear something that speaks to them on the, the forgiveness of sins. I dare say most of us, not all of us, but most of us here probably realize that we haven't done all as well as we'd like to. And we need to be able to know that we are forgiven. That's there too. It also tells us how to get along with each other. The Bible speaks to us differently and in different ages as well. I know, for example, that not everyone in Lufkin, even this corner of Lufkin, can say that they've had the perfect marriage. There are people that sadly have had disappointments and the marriages don't survive. And the Bible's pretty hard on on divorce. But we've adapted. And we realize that what God is saying is not you will be condemned if you break this law, but rather if you break this law, you stand in need of forgiveness and I'm here to offer it. And that's not what everyone wants to hear. Because just like those people in the synagogue on the day that Jesus read the lesson, there are people and denominations that say, if you're not one of us, then you don't count. And don't tell us you do. So this is actually, although it's a sad homecoming experience, and it sounds like a kind of a brutal lesson, nevertheless, there's good news here. And the news is, that God is ready to forgive. And especially, He wants us to get along with each other, to respect each other, to forgive each other, to learn from each other, to respect each other's differences, and yet realize that what we have in common is awfully important and is there as well. We're all children of God, and I guess that makes us brothers and sisters or at least cousins or nephews or what have you. We are related to each other. We are Christians, brothers and sisters. And this reminds us of that too. Because there were those that didn't remember that. And Jesus walked through their midst and walked away. But when we care for each other, He's there for us. And He's reminding us how important we are. It doesn't matter if you're technologically astute or if you're a, a kind of a prehistoric anachronism, we are still connected and we have so much to learn from each other. That's it. That's the story for today. And we'll move on next week because you can't be rooted in one place long with God's Spirit. Amen.